So, as we come here this morning, and we get ready to listen to God's Word, there's a question that I believe that we need to be asking ourselves today, all right? And the question that, that, that we need to be asking ourselves is, how does this message, how does this message, all right, that you're about to hear, apply to our issues and our problems? You see, we just finished having this wonderful ladies' conference this weekend. You just saw the videos, and, you know, you're hearing me and my wife talking about Rise and, and all these many awesome things that God did. And now we come to this morning, and you're here, or you're connected online, and, and you think, well, here we go now. We're going to dive into this, you know, political message that Pastor Chris has been talking, and this is the fourth weekend he's talking about that. And, you know, I heard through the, through the byways, all right? that some people have even decided to stay home for these four weeks till I finish talking about this. That's, that's very interesting. You know, I've, I've had the comment of some people saying, Pastor, you know, once you finish the series, you know, the weekend before election, then we'll, we'll come back. Because, you know, we don't really want to mix these two things up, you know. And, and I want to let you know that, that that's an erroneous way of thinking and the wrong way of seeing what we're talking about and what's going on. Because the reality is that what we talked about in the ladies' conference and what we're talking about here this morning is one and the same thing. You can't separate one thing from the other. And you're going to see that in just a second. You see, because even though we are in a series where we're talking about our democracy and, and, and God's kingdom, that's the title of, of the series. When you try, and very important that you understand this, when as pastors we come here and we try to share with you God's message and God's word, it's important for you guys to understand, all right, that he has a say on every issue and on every situation that we live. You can't separate one thing or the other. God is God, and God is one. And he's calling us to live as sons and daughters that represent him and walk in integrity. And you can't just say, well, in my family and in raising my children and, you know, in, in my relationship with my wife and my husband, we're, we're going to live like this. But when it comes to these things, then we don't agree with this, so we're going to do it different. And there's a scripture that I want to share with you. And I know that now your visuals back there, uh, I'm going to throw one that is not even on my, on, my, on my outline. But if you guys could go with me real quick to your Bibles, to 1 Kings. This is not back there, guys. You don't have this one. But 1 Kings, verse 18. Okay? 1 Kings, verse 18. And I just want us to look real fast, okay, into verse 21. 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings 18, verse 21, and there was an issue that was going on when this scripture is being written, when it's being talked about. There was a, a moral issue in the nation. There was a problem that was going on in, in society, and, and there was a man of God in this story. His name is Elijah. He was a prophet. And uh, yeah, a lot of you guys might even know this story back from when maybe you went to Sunday school or, or you were little and, and you read about the story of the prophet Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal and how God showed up and the fire from heaven came and, and consumed the sack. All that happens here. And, and it's an amazing story, you know, and, and there's a lot of parallels with what's going on today and what was going on there. But in, in verse... 21, it says that Elijah came near to all the people, all right, and said, I'm reading here from the English Standard Version, it says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? The people were going back and forth between two different opinions. And he says, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And this part of the scripture is a very sad moment where I consider this could be one of the, the saddest moments in the history of the nation of Israel because these were God's people. They knew God's laws. They had God's covenant. They had the, the name of 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were the people of promise. But listen to what this following part of the verse says. It says, and the people did not answer him a word. There was such division, and they were so torn between what was going on and between their convictions and what they felt that when the moment came to stand up for what was right, they did not answer him a word. And my people, today I come to you guys, not only as a pastor, but I come to you guys as a spiritual father, as if you guys were my children and you guys were sitting at my table. I do that every night at home. And we sit down and we talk. And if there needs to be correction of some of the things that are going on at home, you know, we've seen some attitudes in some of our kids. That's the moment where we're going to talk about these things. And today I come here to let you know that there's some things that I see that are going on, even with God's people, that we need to make an adjustment. You see, if I would come up here this morning and, and my shirts, you know, I had the, my neck like this, you know, on my shirt. And I would have come up here. I could guarantee you that my wife would have seen me. And she said, hey, hold on, babe. You can't go up like that. That's what wives do, <laughs> you know. And she'll come up and she'll do what? She'll go, give me a second. And she'll just get my neck and adjust it so that I could be what? Looking well when I come up here. Well, this morning, I stand before you guys, and I stand before you guys that are watching online, because we need to make an adjustment. We need to make an adjustment. Something is not right, and we need to adjust, and we need to talk about it here at church in God's house. Come with me in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. I actually used this verse the first day that we started the series. And the Apostle Paul is writing this. And he says, I am writing these, thing, these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon. So Paul was hoping to be there with them. But just in case, he says, if I am delayed, you will know how, must, how you must conduct yourselves in the household of God. What was Paul's concern? Paul's concern is that the church would be the church. That the church would act as the church. And he says, this is the church of the living God. Can we say that together? This is the church of the living God. What an amazing name he puts to who we are. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and the foundation of what? Of the truth. We are the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of the truth. I'm here to tell you something this morning, guys. The church, the foundation and the pillar of the truth is here to teach people how to live. The church, the foundation and the pillar of the living God is here to teach us how to build our families. The church, the foundation and pillar of the truth, is here to teach us how to raise our children. And the church, the foundation and the pillar of the truth, is here to teach us how we ought to live in the days that we're living. The church should not remain silent in the midst of everything that is going on. And I want to tell you guys something. We're in a season where we're facing a cultural problem. There's a cultural problem going on in our season, exactly how we just read here in the time of Elijah. And there's a question that we need to ask ourselves. And this is a question that we, we need to ask ourselves. And this is actually the title of today's message. What are we going to make of it? What are we going to make of it? Of the situations that are going on in our world, in our nation today, remember that you and I are God's ambassadors. We represent God's kingdom. And in this season, we're not here to give our opinion. We're here to connect with heaven and declare what heaven is speaking and what heaven is saying. Our opinion could be valuable on certain things. 
Our opinion is important. But in things that we're talking about today, you know what? We need to move away from our opinion. And we need to connect with the Holy Spirit. And I'm afraid that the church has moved away from that in the midst of, you know, this political season. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is like that kid in classroom. I don't know if you had a kid like that in classroom, but it, it was in every class in the United States, maybe whatever nation you're from, you didn't have a kid like that. But there was always a kid that knew all the answers. And the teacher was calling somebody, and he would be like, ooh, ooh, me, me, me. But they weren't asking him the answer. They were asking somebody else. And usually they would pick the person that did not know the answer. You know, I would get picked a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, Garcia, what do you think about this? I'm like, well, you know, Jordan scored 43 points last night. I'm like, well, we're not talking about Jordan, you know. It's like, like, all right. And I think that the Holy Spirit in the season is like that kid saying, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me. I got something to say about what's going on. But we're like, next, what do you have to say? And, and I don't know if this happens here, but, you know, we want to hear what our friends have to say. And we want to hear what Fox and CNN have to say. And, and what the different reporters have to say. And the Holy Spirit is like, pick me. Pick me. I, I, got, I, got, I got something to say right now because our world is in chaos. Our world is in chaos, all right? Uh, Things can look very normal. You drove to church this morning. We're having service at 10 o'clock as usual. Yesterday, my wife and I, we finished the women's conference. We picked up our kids and we went to eat. You know, we had promised our kids they got good grades and we promised to take them to Cheesecake Factory. We went at the mall. The mall looked as if everything was normal as usual. But the reality is that our world is in chaos. You don't need to go too far. Just look around right now. And you have this thing in your face. As you're listening to me, I think I'm the only one right now that is not wearing that, but I actually have it in my pocket. I have some people asking me, Pastor, are you guys using masks? When I see you preach, I'm not going to preach with a mask on. But I have it here in my pocket. But look around. How many of you Okay, if they had done a poll at the end of 2019, all right, you would have told them that in 2020, in October, you were going to be sitting in church after there was a quarantine in the whole nation and that you would be wearing a mask when you would come to church. How many of you would have guessed that poll correctly? Our world has changed if you haven't noticed it. I remember going to the airports and looking at somebody looking Asian, and I would see them sometimes with those masks on. I'm like, man, those people are weird. Like, why are they wearing that mask? I'm like, I wonder what that lady has, man. I'm like, man, she better sit far away from me in the, air, in the airplane. And now I look like them Chinese ladies wearing my mask around, you know. It's like, <laughs> like, well, man, I shouldn't have complained, shouldn't have said anything, should have stayed quiet. Because look how I ended up. But our world is not the same. Our world is in chaos. And we have people, we're going to have a vaccine, no vaccine, I'm going to get vaccinated, I don't want to get vaccinated, and all different opinions. And the prophet Elijah says, how long will you guys be divided among two different opinions? Not only is our world in chaos, but our homes are in chaos, church. Our homes are in chaos. Because chaos has entered our homes in the midst of this. If you tell me, oh, 2020 has been smooth sailing. Can you please come and preach? And I'm going to sit down there and I'm going to listen to what you got to say. Because it has not been smooth sailing. We have issues at home. We've had issues of families that this is a time and a season where the man, the, the wife have fallen to addictions because of all the stress that they've been putting up with because they've lost their job and the kids are at home and they got to teach from home. And the pressure has been so much that even the foundations of our families have been shaken. We have families, you know, where, where, where we see financial struggles. We see, you know, marriages that, that have gone under. Even yesterday when I was there at the mall, I saw this, you know, wonderful lady. She used to congregate here. I used to be the pastor of her kids. And she works at one of the stores there at the mall. I hadn't seen her like in 10 years. 
And she came and she goes, Pastor, same thing. I can't believe your kids. Look how big they look. And, you know, that always happens. You know, and my kids are like, yeah, we're growing up. You know, it's like. And I'm like, so how has it been? And she goes, oh, it hasn't been easy coming back to work. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, you know, you're working. She goes, people are angry, Pastor. People are frustrated. People are, are, you know, they have a short fuse. They get mad for any. So, so we just stand back. We don't even demonstrate products anymore. We don't even ask questions. If they come to us, then we'll answer. But we're not going to them because they've blown up on me a couple of times. That's a condition of the people right now, of the individuals, of, of the households. Our homes are, 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 are in trouble. And the question is, what are we going to make of this? What are we going to make of this? Uh, uh, what are we going to do with all this? Not only our world, not only our families and our homes, but our nation is also in chaos. Our nation is, is also in chaos. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the first debate. I had fun watching that first debate, I got to admit. You know, this last debate, it was a little bit more civil, a little bit more. But, you know, when I saw the first debate, later on I was looking through some social media and it said, they have announced that the second debate is going to be in a Chili's parking lot. And they're going to bring on their boxing gloves. I'm like, oh, man. I remember back in the day, I'm like, hey, I'll meet you outside of school, man. Three o'clock. And then at three o'clock, you had a bunch of people, you know, starting up the fight and everything. I know you guys have been holy, been in church all your lives. You don't remember those days. <laughs> I do. And, and that's what, what it looked like. The first debate, it was, it was, you know, it was crazy because our nation is in chaos. You know, and, and we stand not as the United States of America. We stand as the divided states of America right now. It's sad to say that. It's sad to even say these words because now we're either blue or, or we're red. Now we're either Democrat or Republican. We're either donkey or elephant. And the reality is that sometimes we're acting like a donkey or acting like an elephant. <laughs> the reality is that we're either, you know, Biden or Trump. And that's the reality that, that we've gotten into. And we're divided over the issues. We're divided over politics. We're divided over politicians, personalities. I remember, you know, when I, when I went to school, Bible school, man, I loved being in some of those Bible debates, you know, some of the questions that would rise up. And I couldn't wait to get that day to school. It's like, okay, we're going to talk about the tribulation, man. We're going to find out if it's, you know, what, what, where the professor stands and what he says about this. And, and, and sometimes the students, we would go at it. And the professor would need to step in and say, hey, guys, 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 guys. We need to agree to disagree. Not everybody here is going to say the same thing. The Presbyterian is not going to say the same thing as the Baptist. And the Methodist is not going to say the same thing as the Pentecostal or Assemblies of God. Because we had a bunch of people in class from different places. And the teacher said, all right, class is over. We have to agree to disagree. We would have lunch together. We would sit down and laugh and talk about the game. But the way that we are now, we don't do that anymore. If you don't agree with me, now you're not my friend. You're, you're an enemy. Because you, you, you're not for Biden, you're for Trump. Or you're not for Trump, you're for Biden. And, 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 and you get away from me. You're not my friend anymore. And, and the worst, not only in relationships, our friendship, but even in families. I've seen families where there's a, a division right now because of, of what's going on in our nation and the politics and everything that is going on. And either you have a Trump flag or you have a Biden mask. No pun intended on this. <laughs> Yesterday I was walking around the mall and they, you know, they were selling Biden masks. I'm like, that's kind of funny, you know. But you're on one side or you're on the other. And I want to tell you that the greatest weapon that the enemy could use against us as a nation is to make sure that we're divided. You see... Jesus said that a house divided against itself could not stand. And the destruction of America is not going to come from Russia. It's not going to come from Iran or none of these countries. The destruction of America 
could come from within because of the division that we have amongst ourselves. And there's one that is feasting. There's one that is having a party as we get at each other's throats and, and we anger about all this. And the question that I have for you this morning is, what are we going to make of this? What are we going to make of this? See, a house divided cannot stand. And the reality is that we are falling. We're not standing. We're falling and we're failing. Listen to what I'm telling you on all these issues because I got to be honest, the church has a huge responsibility with this. The church, God's people have a huge responsibility. You guys know what I believe? The Lord, that if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. So God is not looking for the ones that are out there. God is looking for who? For us here. This is our huddle time, guys. In football, there's a huddle. We call a play, and then we go out there, and we execute our play. But the funny thing is that we've been huddling, and we don't come up with what the play is going to be, so we're not representing nothing out there. We represent the same anger, the same frustration, the same division, the same all these things. Now I want to remind you that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's why I preached the series that we preached before. That we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible says, my friends, you guys at home, that we are God's ambassadors. God's ambassadors, we represent another kingdom. Another kingdom. And whether it's the mask issue, whether it's the problems at home, whether it's the situation in our country, we have a cultural problem. And the only way that we're going to solve it is if God and His Word takes precedence if God and His Word takes precedence over all these things. And we've let the issues, guys. We've let the issues that are important, listen to this, to me personally. Because there's some things that I'm indignant about. There's some things that I really can't believe that this is happening in our nation. And we've let what is personal for me become more important than the issues that are important for God. And we've let our anger dictate, dictaminate our anger for someone, our anger for a party, for another party, rule what's right and, and what's wrong. And I want to tell you today, I told you, I'm coming today, I'm speaking as your pastor. I'm speaking as a spiritual father. I'm coming today to tell you that we need to understand that we will not get behind a person's name, but we will get behind God's truth. And we will get behind one person, and that person is the person of Jesus Christ. That's the person that we're going to get behind. We need to get behind the Lord, because at the end of the day, no name will remain standing, only the name of the Lord. His name is the name above every other name. The name of Jesus. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Listen, church, and I want you guys to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Because as you build yourself up in God, I know that I have even some young people here today. I'm so glad because of that. As you build yourself up in God, and He starts working His truth into your life, into the very fabric of your being and who you are, you need to understand that there's no separation between what He thinks and what I should think. should be no separation. He starts working in us. There can't be a separation because remember, you don't represent yourself. 
An ambassador doesn't go and say, well, this is what I think. No, an ambassador represents their country. An ambassador represents what that government says. And we got to understand what the constitution of the kingdom of heaven says with some of these issues that are going on. Where does God stand in some of these things? What is his mind? What is his moral standards? We need to be people of integrity, church. What does integrity mean? It doesn't mean that you're false or you're fake. No, that you would be one. That we would be one. That we would be one. One with ourselves. One with God. One with the issues that are going on. One with God. And we need to start working, church, in our convictions. Can you say that word with me? Convictions. Convictions. Next week, I'm going to speak to you guys about convictions. But we need to work on our convictions because I want to say that some of our convictions are not according to God's truth. Some of our convictions are not according to God's will. They're based on maybe what I've gone through. Maybe what I've been exposed to. Maybe what, what my family told me since I was growing up and, and, and I believe that. But we need to understand that. I'm going to touch on a few of these things this morning. Because I believe that as a kingdom citizen and a follower of Christ, there's certain non-negotiables. Can you say that with me? Non-negotiables. I remember playing basketball and my coach would tell us, hey, listen, these are our non-negotiables in order to win this game. He would tell us, oh, we, we better play defense. We got to outplay these guys. They're not going to hustle more than us. We're gonna, we are better conditioned than them. So we're going to go out there. These are our non-negotiables. We're going to cover each other's backs. And he would give us a set of one or two or three things that going into that game, man, everything else could falter, but that couldn't falter. And I want to tell you that there's some non-negotiables for us as kingdom citizens and followers of God in the midst of all this chaos that we need to understand. And they need to become part of our conviction. And number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable is the issue of life and abortion. That's a non-negotiable. All right? Life, church, is conceived in the womb. I need you to understand that that's a starting point. That's when a child is born. That is when life starts. It starts in the womb. And there's scriptures for that. I have Jeremiah 1.5. You can put it there on the screen. Jeremiah 1.5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. you imagine that? Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Before you were born, God says, hey, I already knew you, man. I had a plan for you. And I want to tell that's for everybody in this room today. There's a purpose and a plan for your life because before you were born and since you were in your mom's womb, God already was calling that plan out. Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. I love the scripture. This is one of, of my top, you know, my top 10 right here. It says, you were made all the, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And knit me together in my mother's womb. Where did God knit us together? In our mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And some of us are a little bit more complex than others, but that's okay. <laughs> I don't think God took too much time making me complex, man. I'm pretty normal. You know, it's like... Right now, I was getting down from the car, and I had, you know, Harold trying to get me out with an umbrella. I'm like, well, that's fine, bro. I'll get wet. No worries. Get my wife and my kids. and Relax. But God says that he made us wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. That's so powerful. You see, for me, this is an important subject because it says that God's eyes were there when you were being made. That's why for me everybody has a purpose. Everybody has value. Everybody has dignity. No one is more important or less than anybody else. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Thanks God that the womb was dark, guys. 
Because I'm sure that if, the, if my dad would have looked at me when I was being formed, like, man, those ears are kind of big, man. It's like, maybe we could sh- change those ears. They stick out too much. And now with the mask, man, they're like being pulled. They're going to have to invent a mask that you put backwards so they can pull them back afterwards, you know. A whole year wearing the mask backwards after this whole thing, you know. But thanks God that you're made in seclusion because I believe that you would stand there like, okay, whose eyes does it have? No, it has the mom's eyes. I wish it had the dad's eyes. The eyes that dad has blue eyes. And that nose, oh man, that nose is sticking out. And, and we would start, but the Bible says that God made you in seclusion. Hey, nobody has an opinion. I'm the one that is making you. I got this, God says. So who are we to interfere with that process? Who told us that we could interfere with that? Oh, but the the woman has a choice, and if she got raped, and that kid, or this or that. Listen, there's pain in life. I understand that. And some of us got here in a way that you wish you wouldn't have gotten here. I got here, my parents, not married, out of wedlock. My dad was actually married to another lady in Cuba when he met my wife when I was born. (laughs) My brothers hated me. Because I was the son of the lady that was with my dad, but that was not his wife. I wish I would have come a different way. You know, it's like, hey, let me parachute down there. Hey, what's all this problem going on? But God got me here. And the important thing is that we are here. Life, guys, life. And the Bible says here, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And the scripture that I'm going to share with you now, this scripture is one that, that, that I stumbled upon this year to speak about this topic because I had never seen it before, but it's when Mary was pregnant with Jesus. And in Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through verse 30, uh, through 44, Luke 1, 39 through 44, I hope I'm not overwhelming you with Scripture. I just want to let you know God is behind life. I want us to understand and build a conviction of this in our hearts. It says, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, she was pregnant with John the Baptist. Listen with this. The baby leaped in her womb. What happened to the baby that was in the womb of Elizabeth? It leaped. It was not tissue. That baby leaped because it was alive. And once the womb of Mary touched the womb of Elizabeth, the Bible says, according to this, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit because of something that was going on between the babies that were in their bellies. You imagine that? Jesus is so powerful, man. He's in the belly and people are already getting anointed with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Who are we to say that that is not life? And who are we to stand against God and say, you know what, this is more important than that. Come and tell me that. For me, this is issue number one, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. And sadly, let's say it as it is. Sadly, the Democratic Party has moved further and further away from this truth as time has passed. As time has passed, because if you look at their platform in 1992, they said, we must avoid abortion at all costs. The Democratic Party, 1992. They said that in their platform. We must avoid abortion at all costs. But now, that's not where they stand anymore. That's not where they're standing anymore. Now it's not only in the womb, but another issue that has arisen is the issue of, a, of infecticide. What does that mean? That if the baby, they try to abort it when in the womb and it's born, and somehow that baby survives the abortion and it comes out alive, what do they do to that baby? 
Oh, and there was a vote in New York and there's a vote in Virginia. Just take that baby out of the womb and make him comfortable. Well, the parents make a decision on what they're going to do with that. No, that's a born baby right there, man. Church, we need to see that there's a spirit behind all of this. There's a spirit. You're not my enemy if you're a Democrat. You're not my enemy if you're a Republican. You are not my enemy. There's a spirit behind this. And behind this issue that I'm talking about, it's the same spirit that moved upon Pharaoh in the times that Moses was born, where Pharaoh sent all the babies to be thrown into the Nile River. It's the same spirit that moved upon Herod the Great when there was such jealousy in him because Messiah was going to be born that he sent all children under two to be killed. It's the same spirit that we're dealing with now. Remember, church, this is a spiritual battle. We're not in a battle of flesh and blood. When did we lose our focus? There's no way, no way, as kingdom citizens, that we could approve of this. No way that we could partner up with anyone that comes under the influence of those spirits. We're not going to partner up with that. We're going to partner up with God. We're going to partner up with life because that's what my God stands for. There's one more issue that I got to touch before we finish And these are not social issues. These are moral issues. Because there's a lot of social issues. Those are important. But I'm talking to you about moral, non-negotiable issues that we need to build convictions about. And that second non-negotiable of marriage and gay rights. God has not moved on that. He has not moved Marriage was created by God. Hallelujah, praise God. (laughs) Marriage was created by God. It was the first institution that God brought here to earth that he established. It was marriage. And when God created marriage, listen, it was between a man and a woman. This is very important. That was his original design. Why are we tampering with it? Why are we tampering with God's original design about marriage? The Bible says that there was no suitable helper found for Adam. It wasn't the giraffe, too tall. It wasn't the elephant, and long nose. <laughs> the turtle, on the land, but sometimes in the water too. No suitable helper was found for Adam. So the Lord put Adam into a deep sleep. Why did God put Adam into a deep sleep? I think he would have made a couple of mistakes if he would have been awake. Every time God wants to do something, it's either in the womb, in the dark, he puts the guy to sleep. I want nobody messing with what I'm going to do right here. And he put man into a deep sleep, the Bible says. And he did not create another man for Adam. He created something that Adam had never seen before, that when he saw what was presented to him, he said, whoa, man. And that's where the name woman came from. Amen? (laughs) He's like, this is very different than me. Praise Jesus. Jesus wasn't around, but Adam was doing the little wave right there. (laughs) Waving his hands and stuff. You know, Adam's like, praise the Lord. You know. Mm. Those, my dear friends, church, that have issues with that, 
have an issue with God's original design. I have friends that are gay. I have people that are gay that come and congregate here and they don't feel judged. They keep coming because they feel that they could come here and they don't hear, you're going to go to hell. You're going to burn. And all these things. Because I understand that I'm called to speak God's truth and the Holy Spirit will be the one that bring conviction and bring change. Because at the end of the day, I want to say something and I want that to be clear. Being homosexual or dealing with homosexuality is no different than one of you guys dealing okay, with, with, with robbing, with having an addiction to pornography or having this or having that. So since when is this sin superior to all these other ones? Since when? Since when I need to have a right because I can deal with my sin. Hey, if I have to deal with my stuff and cut out social media from my phone because I don't want to be exposed to certain images that will awaken certain desires in me because of stuff I dealt with in the past. Well, you know what? Then the same way that I have self-dominion over that, well, the same way ask the Holy Spirit to give you self-dominion over that. We all have our battles. We all have our issues. He who has not sinned, cast the first stone. But bro, you don't need a special place on the Constitution just because. Because then I'm going to go and say, hey man, I want a place there in the Constitution too. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with my stuff. I want freedom from this. No, Jesus is the one that gives you freedom. Marriage between a man and a woman, God's original design. We need to have a conviction about that. We need to have a conviction. You can love people that are struggling. You can have them in your family. But God has established something. And I want to tell you again that sadly, the Democratic Party has moved away from God's stance in this issue. And why do I say sadly? Because this to me is clear. Black and white. And when we move away from God's truth, you know what we start doing? We start undermining God's foundation for society, which is the family. We start undermining it. And it starts to erode. It starts to, it starts to fall apart. And we want to know what are the issues that we're having? We're messing around with God's design. We're messing around with what the things that are important to Him. And I want to tell you a couple of things before I finish. I'm about to close. I'm already in my closing statements. And I was debating, do I say this? Do I not say it? How do I say it? But I just got to say it. <laughs> you guys know me, man. I'm going to say it. You agree with me. You don't agree with me. You like me. You don't like me. I'm going to say it. And after that, you prayed for me. You forgive me. And then we hug at the end of the service and we agree to disagree. But for Christians, kingdom citizens, who privilege Scripture and God's Word above everything and over any political party. It is tragic. Mark my words. It's tragic that a candidate for public office would hold point of views that are completely against God's Word and that sons and daughters of God will support that candidate. because these are non-negotiables. Do we have a problem with race? Do we have a problem with discrimination? Do we have problems that there's bad police? Do we have problems with taxes? Do we have problems, you know, with foreign affairs? Do we have problems with the way coronavirus? Man, I wish I had not gotten the coronavirus. And when I was at home with the coronavirus, like, man, who, who made this, bro? Where'd this thing come? Because I was mad, man. 
I would see my children playing and my wife having dinner and I'm looking like by a window. Like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing. <laughs> I'm going to get to the bottom of this, man. But you know what, guys? And like I said, I'm speaking to you guys today. You can't flaunt. You can't even champion a position that disregards God's moral law. You can't. You can't. And you're not going to have my vote. Because you know what? At the end of the day, I want to finish with this. Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13. A lot of you guys know the scripture, not a hard scripture. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and the spirit. I say, why does that say that there? Because sometimes our soul and our spirit are in opposite pages. Sometimes my soul wants to say this, but the spirit tells me this other thing. And I need to be able to discern and cut in between and say, okay, I got to lean on my spirit because I'm not, a, I'm not a dirt body first. I'm a spirit body first. Living in a dirt body. So my dirt body is not going to determine what my spirit person is going to do. My spirit person is going to determine what my thoughts are and how I behave and act. So we need to separate and connect with God. And it says, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, is getting it to like the nitty-gritty, you know? And it exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. What is it that we're thinking? What is it we're feeling? Where is it that we're standing? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. You know, I'm going to say something. I know that both these candidates have things to hide. I know. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. And those that are in authority and have power, I include myself in this one. Oh, we're going to have to give an account. You know what? And man, I'm having a hard time standing in my own shoes giving an account. I don't want to be standing in nobody else's shoes when they need to give an account. Because I know that the day that I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, oh, I'm going to need his mercy. I'm going to need his mercy. Because I'm an authority, and there's things that I know as an authority. I failed, you guys. I failed. And these candidates, oh, you better believe it, that there's hidden things, but nothing is hidden from God. And listen to this. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. Oh, my God. And he is the one to whom we are accountable to whom are we accountable to him to whom are public officials accountable at the end of the day to him because all authority comes from God all authority comes from God so today church I'm speaking to you guys as a kingdom citizen telling you guys this is a time that we stand as kingdom citizens I go back to what I said at the beginning of the series. Republican light, Democrat light. But you know what? I'm going to stand in accordance to the king. And I'm going to divide everything that's going on according to the word. At the end of the day, church, we live in a free country. And you can do whatever you want. But Paul says that even though you are free in Christ. You are a slave to Christ. Ooh. We are slaves to Christ. That's what Paul calls himself. And an ambassador of the kingdom is ultimately also accountable to God.
So now that I've said this, we have a key election in front of us. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Over 50 million people have already voted. My wife and I went out to vote on Friday. Go vote. Let me tell you, that is your duty to go vote. I'm not going to vote because I don't agree with either. No, you need to go vote. Yes. Even if you have to write Kanye West's name on the ballot. Please don't. Look for Kanye. I, Kanye was not on the ballot, man. I'm like, where's my boy? He's not there. He knew, man. He's not going to waste millions of dollars. Something's like, is our kingdom duty, is our moral duty, is our civic duty. Go vote. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus this morning. I want you to bow your heads real quick. You guys at home, bow your heads for a second. I want you to go to the Holy Spirit right now. His presence is here. He's here. This is His thing. Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me with this message that I'm hearing today. Just ask him that for a second. Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me with this message? And let the Holy Spirit take a moment right there where you're at. There's something that he needs to work inside of you right now. This is the moment. Don't say, well, you know what? I'm going to wait till November 3rd. That's the day that I'm going to... No, 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 no. This is the moment where you align your heart to God and you ask Him, what is it in my life, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to me about today? Maybe there's some convictions that I've let go. Maybe I've allowed anger to get in the way and hatred of personality. You know what? You need to surrender that to God. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. Not to take vengeance in your hands. It's going to damage your heart. It's going to pollute you. And the Bible says to guard your heart above everything else because from it flows the wellsprings of life. Guard your heart. The things you hear, the things you expose yourself to, guard your heart. Come to God today. Come to God.